0: Welcome, everybody, back to Beacon 76. I'm Jason. I'm William. And uh, we got another exciting segment for you today. Yeah, we're going to be uh,
1: talking about movies where we felt the sequel or a part three or four, anything after the first movie that came out was better than, than the first.
0: Yeah. And, you know, this tends to happen a lot. Like, they'll put out a movie and the movie's been pretty, the movie was pretty good, But then when they drop that sequel, you know, it's just so much better than the first. And then they have the opposite where, you know, they make the first and they do the sequel and it just completely is a bomb. But in this episode, we're going to be doing those sequels, like you said, that are better than the original. And these are just our personal picks. Yeah, uh, there's no rhyme or reason to our flow here. You know, we're not in any particular order. This isn't like a ranking from one to whatever. This is just our own personal little fun choices of what we consider to be the sequel be better than the original.
1: And I think that we're both in agreement by me saying you can't have the sequels without the first one.
0: No, you can't. And the first one has to be somewhat good and have at a least somewhat of a uh standing in the box office in order for them to even want to make a sequel.
1: It has to also have a foundation of storyline mm-hmm. and keep you engaged enough to want to even invest in the sequel.
0: Yeah, this is true. It has to it has to have something to in order to invest in that. And also they have to have left it open, you know, in some way shape or form in order for there to be some sort of Inclination that they're going to even want to do a sequel.
1: Right. You can't do something like Independence Day, you have one movie, and then decide 20 years later you're (laughs) going to make a sequel.
0: Which they did, and it was stupid. Like, how do you finish Independence Day the way that they finished it and then decide, oh, guess what we're going to do? We're going to make another one. You're
1: trying to create an appeal to a whole new audience that didn't exist 20 years. Yeah,
0: this comes into that whole argument about having some magic freaking nation, right? Come up with a come up with something original, dude, and don't borrow from something that you made 20 years ago because you you've got writer's block for the last 20 years and can't figure out how to make something new. I agree. <laughs> right? I mean, dude, seriously, it it doesn't work. It did work with Rocky though, cuz you did the Rocky movies. Right, some of them tanked, but then you came out and did Creed, like so many years later, and that is epic, dude. Like that that series that they got going on now with Creed and Creed Two, and soon to be Creed Three. That they did a good job on that. So that's just, in my opinion, you know.
1: Okay, so uh, start us off. What's one of the fir- What's one of the be- better sequels of the original?
0: So for me, one of my picks and again this is in no particular order right but one of my picks as far as the sequel being better than the original one came out what's the original one was good but i felt like this the sequel was better and that was batman returns 1992
1: okay this specific movie did what very few movies are able to pull off mm-hmm. with the multiple villains
0: Yeah, dude. And we, me and you have had many conversations about multiple villains being in movies, especially like superhero movies, because they have a tendency to freaking want to do that. And me and you have been in agreement that it's kind of annoying and they screw it up a lot.
1: Yeah, it's oversaturation. And I think as a viewer, you get confused about who's agenda you're supposed to be following okay so this villain has this agenda and this villain has this agenda like how is how is this going to pan out with one main hero sometimes you have uh, sidekicks that might join in a sequel but this wasn't the case
0: no this wasn't the case man the flow of the movie really really grabbed you and pulled you in you know, the cast was great. I mean, you had, dude, you had Danny DeVito playing the penguin, which by far, that his his acting as playing the penguin was amazing. He did an amazing job on that, uh, that character. Then you had um, Christopher Walken uh, that played, um, I wrote it down, Mar... He- he, I forget what character he played. I thought I wrote it down. Anyway, um, then you have uh, um, Michelle, Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer, who played uh, Catwoman, and that's uh,
1: the best Catwoman.
0: Yeah, it is the best since Catwoman. the the Adam West days. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, this they real and Michael Keaton, dude. Still to this day, people have been asking for more Michael Keaton,
1: and we're gonna get more. We've posted that on our Instagram.
0: Yeah, we did. And we did post it on our Instagram that Michael Keaton was supposed to be playing more. And then they did an update. And I reposted on our Instagram that they did an update that Michael Keaton and the director uh, posted out on his tweet that he is only he's only casted for one episode. Not multiple. But at least we're going to see Michael Keaton again as Batman. Reprived, you know redoing his role.
1: Yeah, and so for Batman Returns, I think continuity was important because having Michael Keaton in the first Batman and then also in Batman Returns um, showed that it was the same actor portraying the same character. He had new gadgets for his car Mm -hmm. and, you know, new villains and stuff like that that he had to fight against. But this is probably the last out of that section of the movie that really stood up because yeah. it was the same actor portraying Batman. Val Kilmer kind of held his own.
0: I agree. Val Kilmer did hold his own.
1: And then Batman and Robin is...
0: Like, seriously?
1: I think the only good thing about that was probably seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger play a villain again.
0: Eh. I would probably go as far as to say that... Um, uh... What's her name that played uh, Poison Ivy? Um, Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman. Right. I, I would want you to say that was probably the best part of the entire movie. Was her playing Poison Ivy. Because she did a great job playing that particular <laughs> villain. Other than that, I could have done without everything else. And to touch back on to the Christopher Walken thing. Because I completely forgot what he's, he was there for. Is he was playing Max Shrek in the movie. Uh, yeah. And he did a, I, I love... Christopher Walken, he's a good actor, you know? So, anyway, that's uh, that's my one of my picks. So, let's hear one of yeah, yours, dude. Yeah, that's a dude. good pick, man. Yeah, that's I, I, I kind of feel like it might have been on your list, you know, as far as picks that you have, because we kind of have the same, you know, likes and dislikes on a lot of things. But So,
1: yeah. um, my selection, my one of my first selections is Back to the Future 2. <laughs>
0: yeah, I could totally see that, dude.
1: So... You and I, growing up as kids, this came out in 1985. And this movie, when Marty McFly travels into the future, at the end of the first movie, he's picked up in a flying DeLorean. Mm -hmm. They go 30 years into the future, which then was 2015. Yeah. And gave us a glimpse of what the future might hold. And it had hoverboards
0: flying cars and
1: shoes that lace themselves jackets that dry themselves right the push of a button uh, things that we have today where you're watching several channels on TV at mm-hmm. the same time uh, um, their version of maybe the oculus rift where you can watch TV or or programming, or games, on something that you cover your eyes with. A lot of a lot of those things transferred to what we have today, but not the flying car thing yet, and yeah, not the flying car thing yet, or Sorry. the hoverboard. No, something. Well, no. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there, some, there some... are
0: these. Uh, They're not as practical as they are in the movie, but yeah, they do have... Yeah, somebody did go out and make themselves a freaking board, dude, just to try to make it happen.
1: Uh, I think Tony Hawk actually read that, too.
0: Yeah, I actually think they debuted it on the, like, anniversary of that movie. And then they also
1: made self-tying shoes. Self-tying
0: shoes, yeah. Because in the movie,
1: it's just somebody pulling a string behind... Michael J. Fox.
0: They actually have some self tying shoes now, too, man. Mm-hmm. You know? And what, well, me, I love that movie. I mean, you can't go wrong with. Uh, I like Back to the Future movies. You know, the third one, uh, it was okay, you know, but that second one was great, man. I mean, to just, to even have the, to even have to be able to, like, even, like, think about or dream about or have the, this, you know, vision of maybe going into your future, you know, or, and seeing what the future holds, or maybe going in the future and making some—not necessarily making some changes, but just kind of observing the way it is. Dude, that be rad, man.
1: Yeah, and Michael J. Fox playing himself, and then a, uh, his children. He played his son, and he played his daughter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was. That was crazy. That was a very fun and enjoyable movie, and I'm glad you put that on your list, dude. Because I, you, you're right. That is probably one of the uh, better sequels than the movie. And the first one was, and the first one was good though, man. Mhm. You know.
1: It holds its own, and they even touch back on <sighs> things about that happen in. In the first movie, Mm -hmm. he kind of is in the same time frame
0: Mm -hmm. as
1: himself, seeing himself do some of the things that he's done in the first movie. And
0: we've kind of debated back and forth, too, just to kind of touch on another thing. That we've kind of felt like maybe this might be one of those movies where you kind of just leave it alone and you don't want to revisit it again. But also, too, I think that it could also... It might... I don't know, I might be wrong in saying this now because I know what I've said before, but I feel like this would be an, an interesting movie to gotta get a fresh new take on maybe going into the newer future, you know, and seeing what that newer future might hold as far as going back and forth through the future.
1: And one more thing I wanted to say about this movie that I thought was interesting is the twist of the sports almanac. You know, I think we all would like to know... (laughs) Have a book that has all the predictions of every sports event between now and the next 50 years. And the way that Biff used it is exactly how most of us would
0: probably have done. Oh yeah, 90% of the population cannot sit here and tell you that if they had an almanac that told them the sports picks for the next 50 years and they would have that right would not use it the way dude did in that movie for sure so i uh i totally agree with this I, that was a that's a good pick man it's definitely a good pick um so one of my next picks is gonna be uh man when these movies came out right they were or when this first one came out when the first movie came out man it was really a bar setter right it, you couldn't go wrong with it I mean it, it it definitely was a really good movie you know and it just left you with so much anticipation to want to see what they were going to do for the second one and when the second one dropped they dropped it hard and it it was a great movie and that movie is Spider-Man 2 the original ones with Tobey uh, Maguire right that Spider-Man Two movie in two thousand four was a a wonderful movie. That villain in there, the octopus, right, Dot Doc Ock. Oc- that was <laughs> that was rad looking video. I'm video a villain, dude. I was. I was sitting on the edge of my seat watching that movie. And I still have seen it. I still watch it today, man. Like, I'll go on every once in a while and I'll put the first two couple on. Because other than the new ones that are out right now with Tom Holland, that particular series of Spider-Man movies are my favorite. Mm -hmm. You know? I just enjoy the the way that they put those together. They did a really good job on it. And that was in the beginning of uh, Marvel kind of putting out movies. Well, yeah, it yeah. wasn't Marvel because it was still Sony, you know, but that was kind of in the beginning of all that stuff starting to happen. You know what I'm saying? And just to what they put out at that moment and at that time really gave you a big positive outlook on what they're going to do in the future. They did
1: a really good job in this movie. The single villain.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh
1: The... The fight with him, just this this movie was one of my top favorite movies for a while. It held its own.
0: Yeah, for a hot minute, this movie was right up there with like a movie that I just kept going back to and watching over and over again.
1: Uh, I I played the video game version of uh, the first Spider Man game that came out on the PS Four, and they pay tribute to this movie. In the subway stopping scene.
0: Mm. Okay.
1: So I feel that when a video game that came out several years after plays homage to a specific scene like that, you remember.
0: You remember it. And that's yeah. just giving respect, man, because they know that that movie deserved the credit that it's getting, even now today. I mean, for goodness sake, the movie grossed $373 million, dude. There was a lot of
1: unveiling in this movie with... Mary Jane finding out who Spider-Man was. Mm -hmm. And then also finding out that... Because there was a deal that was made between Doc Ock and uh, James... Can't. Franco's character. Right. To bring Spider Man to him because he believed that Spider Man killed his father. And then that moment when he takes his mask off and he sees that it's be- his best friend.
0: <laughs> Dude, that was. That was a scene, man. Like, oh my goodness. Could you imagine, like, that whole time you're thinking that, you know. Spider-Man is somebody that you don't even know and then just to come to find out in that moment that he is your best friend and you think that your best friend killed your father which he didn't, you know. Mm-hmm. But that that was like one of those moments where you just like oh.
1: And just like we mentioned or that I mentioned with the Batman Returns movie this was the last good movie out of these three that Tobey Maguire did. Yeah. Because they failed with the third one they having too many villains.
0: Oh, that Sandman, dude, killed me. Oh my God. People were
1: excited to see villain, uh, Venom on screen. and The
0: Venom part was legit, dude. I, the Venom part was good.
1: With the exception of Tobey Maguire going emo.
0: Yeah, I get that part. But the 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 venom the venom character was on point. It was nice. I could have done without the emo to, Toby Maguire. True, right? But you get kind of why he did that because venom kind of overtook his body at that point in time, right? The part that I just was just drove me insane was that stupid Sandman character, you know. Mm-hmm. I I was done with that like why did he even need to freaking be in there that made no sense to me Mm. so I don't know but anyway there you go man that's another one of my picks Spider-Man 2 2004
1: yeah that's a great pick I had it on my list too
0: well now you can't use it on your list because I already used it (laughs) I stole it from you alright so
1: another great sequel is a more recent movie Mm okay And it's Captain America, Winter Soldier.
0: Dude, you're jacking for me, man. You're taking my picks for me, bro. Alright, you know what? I'm just gonna grab my paperwork on this movie because I am totally in on it. Go ahead.
1: I mean, we had the first Avenger. Mm -hmm. Great, laid the foundation. You know, it belongs in the MCU, obviously. We had a great villain with the Red Skull. Mm -hmm. But... This movie, I would probably have to say, out of all of the MCU movies between Iron Man and Endgame, okay, this is my favorite.
0: No, yeah, no, yep. All right, man, I dude. We'll, hold on a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So you're gonna tell me that you feel like the Winter Soldier is a better movie? I didn't say that.
1: I didn't say it about... It's not about being better. I said it's my favorite.
0: Oh, it's your favorite. Okay. All right. All right. Because I'm going to say it's a... I, I <laughs> thought you were going with that. I thought you were going with like, this is the like the better movie out of all the movies that were put now, out.
1: So, it, and the reason why I say that is when Disney, first, Disney Plus first came online, mm-hmm. this is the first movie that I watched.
0: I'll tell you something... Out of all of them that are up, I think this particular one, right, is one of the maybe handful of them that me and my daughters have watched the most.
1: Mm-hmm. So in this movie, it it has so much, but not too much. I mean, Nick mm-hmm. Fury's in it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Scarlett Johansson, Black Widow's in it. Uh, we get a little taste of Agent 13, which is Agent Carter's, like, grandniece or something.
0: Yeah, Anthony Mackie's in it. Mm-hmm.
1: And then also Sebastian Stan as the Winter Soldier, which we don't find out that Bucky is even alive until midway through the movie.
0: Right, then we realize it's... And when you, yeah.
1: Yeah. When you see it on the screen and you're around everyone else that's watching the movie, you could feel it. This... <sighs>
0: What just happened? Yeah,
1: and just the the choreography of of the fight scenes with Cap and his shield, and seeing him throw it at the Winter Soldier, and the Winter Soldier just grabbing it with one hand. You're like,
0: "Ooh, who is He's not, this guy?" He should not have been able to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. And You're like, "What has happened?" Yeah, that was.
1: <laughs> it's like has has Cap finally met his match? I know. It, it's one of those things that you kind of see. A little bit in spider-man 2 it's like oh wait this is my best friend
0: right and it's kind of rad that it's his best friend and not spoiler alerts if you haven't watched anything but it's kind of rad after to realize you know it's his best friend yeah they have their little spout but how now his best friend has somewhat kind of the same abilities as he does you know as far as being like having having these like enhanced you know abilities which is kind of cool man if you think about it because Bucky was always there for Steve. Always. He always had his back. He always supported him all the way from from the beginning, you know? And then Steve one-ups him and becomes Captain America. You know? And then Bucky doesn't doesn't hate him for it. Doesn't shun him for it. Loves him about loves him. And then, then now Steve has Bucky's back. And now, and now they have, and now they've become now kind of that's equal, mm-hmm. where they have each other's back, and that's that that's that friendship, man, that you just love and, to see. And you see the
1: the foundation being laid about the Falcon. Yes. And the whole on your left, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, just that relationship, because at some point in the movie, Hydra falls. I mean, Hydra rises and it's found that it's been hiding under the facade of shield this whole time and captain america and black widow don't have anywhere to run they run to the falcon's house the falcon's
0: house yeah you know
1: and that's a huge huge moment i think in the mcu is when shield falls and hydra rises and to find out that that's another deception that's been hiding so long, because you and I—we've both watched Agents of Shield, mm-hmm. so we saw the the wake of this happening also in that show as well. So it it shows the 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 cream rises to the top because it shows who's really loyal to Shield. And who was Hydra this whole time?
0: Right, and to to find out that Hydra has been hiding in the shadows of Shield since like day one, Mm -hmm. you know, and you didn't, you kind of had some thought that it might happen, especially if you were ever watching any of like Agents of Shield or you know, um, Agent Car, yeah, or Agent Carter or anything like that. You kind of started to in watching those because they did a lot of crossovers and they did a lot of. uh where the those T V shows would tie in with the movies. So you kinda started to kinda have some kinda inclination that there was this seed that was planted in to Shield through Hydra long ago. But just finally kinda get to the come to the realization that it's actually true. You were like, What is going on, man? This is and it just dude and it just helped to build and escalate that whole entire series, you know, mm-hmm. which was which was really good. Let me ask you a question. How many times have you ever, how many times since that line came out on your left, have you walked by somebody and said, on your left? Not once. No? Then I must be the only one that (laughs) does it. (laughs) Because I tell you what, every time I'm with my wife, right, or I'm with my kid, you know, and we're like at the store, I'll be like, on your left. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe I'm just that guy. I don't know. It's funny. But anyway, that's a good pick, man, for sure.
1: You know, it, this movie it was all encompassing. It had comedy. It had action. It had espionage. It had the spy element to it. And I think it was the turning point for the MCU. Mm. I. Hmm.
0: Well, I don't know. We I I'll, I'll give you that it was a it was a good moment for the MCU to have to continue the. The momentum. I think it was a momentum carrier. I don't necessarily want to say that it was the, the that single point where it just changed everything around, because I think Iron Man is what changed everything. Iron Man, Iron Man One set the bar for changing mm-hmm. the MCU around.
1: Yeah, it was the sturdy foundation. It wasn't focusing on an Infinity Stone yeah. and the origin of an Infinity Stone, and how those stones are going to somehow be held by something later. True. It was just... a standalone Captain America
0: movie. And... It was it was, just... was far better than the first. Mm-hmm. I agree. I totally agree with you on that. Definitely. So... And all so right. That's why it makes my list. No, that's a good one. And it made my list, too. So, again, love it. All right. So, my uh, my next pick... The first one that came out of this particular movie was a little was a little slow. It was a little dry, right? But it was still a good movie. And it was a sci-fi movie. And, I mean, they did a really good job making it. And there was really no issue with it. It just was a movie, you know, that did pretty well. I mean, it wasn't any major issue with it. But when they dropped the second one, everybody was like, okay, now we're talking. This is what, This is what we need to see. And that movie was Aliens. It was Sicornian Weaver. Mm-hmm. And to me, still to this day, that's probably one of the best sci-fi movies that is out there. That they've made.
1: Absolutely, it's a classic.
0: You can't go wrong with it. And if you've never seen Aliens, you could probably you could probably just watch Aliens and not have watched the first one and be totally fine. You're not going to really miss anything.
1: And I think what they were able to get away with... In- the sequel that they didn't have in the first is probably the budget because you had the ability to track aliens when they were on the ship. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember specifically one line from this movie with Bill Paxton saying, We're all gonna die, man. <laughs> we're all gonna die,
0: man. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah the cast was great. Bill Paxton being in the movie. He was he was total he he made that character what it needed to be you know and of course of course Sigourney and Weaver she is she's probably going to go down as probably everybody's top 5 female um Hero. sci-fi heroes of all time by far i mean she's she kind of i wouldn't be surprised if a lot of actresses that are playing in sci-fi movies i don't want to speak for them but Actresses in sci-fi movies now or in action movies now probably have kind of pulled a little bit from what she did in this movie. Just in the way that she... Her mannerisms, the way she acted, how she held herself with some confidence. And didn't allow this alien to, like, you know, put fear in her or score with her head or anything like that. Definitely
1: a strong female. Definitely. Lead role. And, again, this pays tribute to... Movies about continuity. Mm. A continuing character that you know from the first one. Returning to be in the second one. And she went on to do several others. But out of all the Alien movies. This one stands out. Because it revisited the world. And it reset the bar for a new standard of what to expect from this franchise.
0: Yeah. If you haven't ever. And I, I would highly suggest you do. Watch the editor's cut. If you haven't watched it, watch the editor's cut of the of Aliens. It's a little bit longer than the than the edited version, obviously. And there's some actual scenes in there where you kind of get a little bit more insight of the actual planet. Which is really cool. You get to see... Um, um, oh, I just forgot the little girl's name.
1: Um, I'm drawing a blank too. You
0: know what I'm talking about though, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you get to see her as herself, fun, little, playing as a little girl with her parents. You get to kind of see the t- the point when the parents actually go, the, the dad goes missing, and the parents go missing, you know? And then you kind of get a little inside of how the the whole town operated. It's really cool how they did it, you know? Um, you kind of wish they would have kept maybe some of that stuff in there because it really gave you a little little bit more backstory on the actual planet itself prior to being infested by freaking aliens you know so I'll have to do that sometime yeah if you haven't got to I, I, if, you, if you're ever going to watch it for the first time I suggest you watch it as the editor's cut You'll, it, it doesn't it's it's only a few minutes longer and it adds a little bit more to it
1: one thing that since we're on the aliens topic that I'm not sure if you realized is that a xenomorph is technically a Disney princess now because Disney acquired Fox
0: really yeah, <laughs> oh, it is huh that's crazy you're right hey it's but you never you know, you're never gonna see it on disney plus although disney plus is coming out with their um star Dis- yeah their star they're they're pushing it out in like europe, europe first and seeing how it does over there and then they're gonna push it out over here so test market yeah I, i'm i would i'd pay a little extra money money to have the adult side of you know Disney movies that they're going to put out and Fox and Fox and stuff like that. That'd be mm-hmm. nice. Absolutely. Cuz I don't want to I mean I go on Disney Plus but there's only so many freaking Disney princesses that I can watch, you know, before I'm like oh, I'm over this. So anyway, that's my pick, man. I that's that's on my list. So what's what you got next? This sequel
1: um is iconic for most movie fans, if uh, if any movie fan, and it's *Empire Strikes Back*.
0: Mm, got that on my list too, man. That's so my...
1: when *Star Wars* first came out, the actors that were in it, they were acting, but they didn't really understand the world that they were acting in. You know, they didn't have a an idea, or a concept behind the mind of George. Lucas was trying to create because mm-hmm. movies when they're made, usually they're in pieces. They're not in chrono- They're not filmed in chronological order. True. And then they're put together at the end to create the movie that we see on the screen. Yeah. So them returning in the same roles in empire strikes back, you can kind of see it. They have a little bit of the same, uh, the chemistry is growing the characters are growing. Mm-hmm. We see new characters with Yoda and Luke, starting continuing his training that he started. Starting to come a,
0: into his own as a Jedi, yeah.
1: right? Getting the insight behind more of what the Force is and the capabilities behind it. That he didn't be he was not able to gain that knowledge from Obi Wan enough. In the first movie
0: right well because he didn't really get to spend enough time with him in order to receive that training that he probably wouldn't have been able to get so his
1: training continues with yoda um we get to see these other worlds like hoth at the beginning all snow world we get to see new fighting machines with the Mm AT-ATs, and those action sequences and then Luke riding a Tauntaun so we get to see new creatures. Uh, the movie progresses on to um, <clears throat> introduce an old friend of Han Solo's with Lando, Lando Calrissian, Calrissian. Yeah. Who ends up, you know...
0: I know what you're going to go with that, but that there's a lot of people, uh, from what I can what I noticed is people don't really think that in that moment that he was necessarily trying to betray him.
1: No, I don't think that was the intention either. Yeah.
0: I don't think it was either. I think that he was doing what he thought he needed to do at that moment to maybe even try to keep Han Solo alive. Mm-hmm. Right? Because if, if he would have, if he would have kept it from him and Han Solo would have realized the situation that he was in, he probably would have became more of a... He felt like he was being threatened and he might have reacted a different way. But because he trusted um, Lando, he came into that situation. And the way that Lando introduced it and said it to him, he said, dude, I'm sorry. You know, he,
1: They were here before your, yeah, you up. Yeah, they were here
0: before you showed up. So in that instance, I think Han Solo realized that oh, he's not trying to stab me in the back. He's trying to help me out. And
1: it wasn't really so much about Darth Vader being there because we get to see the first appearance of Boba Fett. Yeah. And get an understanding that Boba Fett is there to collect Han Solo as a bounty for Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. Right? We, And that leads into... The whole cryogenic freeze scene, and we, because the whole movie as it's going, we see the love connection between Han Solo and Leia grow, yeah, and then the iconic "I love you, I, I know." know.
0: Yeah.
1: He gets frozen in carbonite, and Boba Fett takes him on his merry way to to deliver him, and then in the same location is this fight scene we finally get to see another lightsaber fight scene between Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader which ultimately ends with Luke finding out that Darth Vader is actually his father
0: right
1: and that in itself is one of the best on screen movies in history
0: I agree I agree you know
1: because you... You're like, what? wait, what? Yeah. This, another, an- yet another. I feel like there's a pattern. Now that we're pointing these sequels out, there's a pattern, you know, with some... some the villain being somebody that they are either related to or that they knew that they or knew. that they know.
0: Yeah. And that makes it a lot more compelling, you know, to... And you kind of you relate a little bit. Like, How many people have actually had somebody in their lives that they've known for years that actually ended up, you know, stabbing them in their back or becoming the villain in their life? Mm-hmm. You know, how true is this for so many people? And then to put it in a movie like this and to have it said the way it is, like, oh, I'm your father, you know, and the shock. And you're like, oh, no, you're not. I like, oh, yeah, I am. You know, it's like, whoa, this is crazy. Like, that's his dad, dude. You're like, what? It blows your mind, you know? And I, I, I enjoy this movie. And then you have
1: Mori Povich pop up and say, yep, sure enough.
0: Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I have the DNA test right here. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you are the father. No,
1: I'm not. I'm not his father. <laughs>
0: yeah, just Luke Skywalker with daddy issues. You know, but hey. Anyway, uh, I, there's so many like beautiful scenes in this movie too. Like just picture wise. Like that Sky City dude (laughs) is gorgeous. You know, when they're flying in at and you see it from afar and you're just like, dude, I would. You're just imagining yourself like daydreaming just like living on this Sky City planet, (laughs) you know. It would be so rad just to kind of be there.
1: Right. Also, I wanted to point out that You know, Darth Vader cuts off Luke Skywalker's hand. Mm -hmm. And we don't find out the symbolism behind that until we watch the first prequel trilogy.
0: Right, exactly. That
1: his father also lost his hand.
0: Exactly. You know, by the hands of uh, Obi-Wan.
1: And just that connection knowing that this is the sequel to the original trilogy isn't going to be told until who knows how many years later is a nice little morsel of the Easter egg. But at the very end of this movie, Luke doesn't want to join his father hmm. and decides to bail out fall to the bottom of this cavern and is hanging on to an antenna at the bottom of Cloud City gets picked up by the Millennium Falcon and we're going we're left wondering, okay, what's next?
0: Exactly.
1: You know, it it picked up had a strong storyline throughout the whole movie and then leaves you wanting more.
0: Yeah. And that is that is the that is the persona of what movie makers need to do in order to keep people engaged. Mm -hmm. with what's coming up next is to leave him on a cliff and let him hang there and that's exactly what george lucas did with that movie is he put you on a cliff hung you over the ledge and left you there (laughs) you know what i mean until he came back and got you with more Mm -hmm. and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go as far as saying that when he came back with return of the jedi that he didn't just continue on. Because I felt like the Turn of the Jedi was a really good movie.
1: There's a lot of fans that argue the point because they don't like the idea that Ewoks help take down the Empire.
0: Yeah, I think they're full of crap. I like the Ewoks thing. You know, I know we'll probably get a lot of heat from Star Wars, guys. I got it. It, it is what it is. It's my own personal opinion. I like the Ewoks. I think, you know, I felt that Zoic gave a little bit of a, you know, more not comedic it wasn't really comedic but more just family you know vibe to it you know more of a just enjoyable not so serious you know why so serious vibe to it you know kind of broke it down broke it broke it yeah because
1: empire was definitely serious
0: it was definitely serious and you can't just stay in this like serious mode you know because then people are just gonna be like dude chill out for a minute take a breath you know, and it just gave people a little bit of time in that Return of the Jedi to take a little breath. Like, okay, yeah, crap's happening in the world. But, you know, we're gonna have a little party. We're gonna have a little party with some Ewoks, to throw a barbecue.
1: Yeah, I lost my hand, but
0: uh... it's all good. I'm here. I'm back. Mm-hmm. Now we just had our barbecue. <laughs> all right, we sang some songs. Well, let's go kick some butt. Mm-hmm. All right? It is what it is. All right. You gotta have the opportunity to recoup before you jump back into it. Exactly, you know, and that's—I felt like that's what that movie did. It gave gave everybody the opportunity to recoup a little bit, and then they went out and just annihilated the the um, dark side, man, for real. So that's a good pick, man. Definitely, definitely a good pick, and I'm glad you put that on the list. So my next pick, uh, this trilogy in itself was epic. It's probably one of my top five trilogies. I still today watch it. Um, The first one was amazing, but just in my opinion, and, and, and it's arguable because many people say the third one was better, but for me, I just felt like the second one did something for me more than the first two. I mean, the first one and the third one, and that's Lord of the Rings the two towers. I just, for me personally, I just, I don't know why I can't really fully explain it to you, but I just, for some reason, really connected to this particular one a little bit more than the first one and the third one. That's not to say that the first one and the third one were not amazing because they were totally amazing movies, you know, the Return of the King and The Fellowship of the Rings was... And all together in the Cumbenson, together as one... If you were to just sit down and watch them all in one, it's an amazing trilogy.
1: So what is it specifically about the Two Towers?
0: I... Just for me, I feel like the fight scene at the Helm's Deep, that just... That was amazing for me. That fight scene was epic, dude. And I just... I, I enjoyed the ride that they put me on the hunt for the um, the uh, uh, the two little hobbits that they were hunting for uh, and uh, just the uh, the, the, interne- the more of the the interaction with Gollum you know in this particular episode with uh, uh, Sam and uh, Frodo Frodo you know, I just, again, the, it, this middle part of this series just really put it all together for me.
1: So you like the middle part of Middle Earth. That's not a problem
0: with that. No, you know, I, I like the middle part of Middle Earth, man. You know, I like you know it's like an Oreo cookie, man. I like what's in the middle better than I like what's on the outside. So,
1: yeah, I'm in, in disagreement with you. On this one, a little bit. I mean, I, I knew felt you like were. I knew you were. The The Return of the King, it's the sequel of the Two Towers mm-hmm. out of this trilogy. That's my personal preference of, of flavor from this specific trilogy. Uh, I definitely like the this set of trilogy more than the Hobbit trilogy.
0: Yeah, yeah. The Hobbit trilogy is good. You know, it is really good. I mean, just for our listeners, if you've never watched a Lord of the Rings movie, I highly recommend you just sitting down and watching them. It's long, but if you can sit down watching The Hobbits first, the Hobbit, watch The Hobbit trilogy first, then watch The Lord of the Rings, and you sit down and actually watch it, you will not be disappointed. But. You are right. I feel like they did a better job with The Hobbit. I mean, the um, Lord of the Rings trilogy than they did with The Hobbit. For sure. Definitely. That's, uh,
1: that's, a, that's it. That's it? That's, that's a good pick. Yeah. that,
0: yeah, that uh, that's, that's my pick. So, man, what you got next?
1: Well, um, I think we should wrap it up for today.
0: Yeah? Okay, yeah, yeah definitely, man. We could definitely uh, just wrap this up and continue it for next week. So if you're listening to us now, we're just going to go ahead and take a pause for the cause right now and wrap it up and we'll pick up this next week. So we hope that you would uh, join in with us next week.
1: Yeah. um, Feel free to reach out to us on social media at beacon underscore 76 or email us at beacon 76 show at gmail.com. We'd love to hear any kind of insight that you have regarding what you've heard from our podcast Maybe you have an idea that you want us to talk about.
0: Yeah, we would love to hear some of your ideas, guys. Just uh, subscribe to us. Leave us some uh, some sort of comment or message or anything. that anything uh, It helps. Trust me. It really helps us to be able to give you what you want and be able to better provide a better listening experience for you. So, Absolutely. But thank you for our, those that are listening, and we hope that you continue to listen.
1: Yeah, and tune in next week as we continue the subject matter of topic today. And be sure to stay safe.
0: Peace out.